0: Message you're about to listen to is produced by the Trans Edge Church. We believe you will be blessed and changed by it. The Trans Edge change is inevitable. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. John chapter 21, verse 15. And while you are in verse 15, I also want us to look at John chapter 3, verse 8. Can you say those words with me again? I give it all to you, God. Take all of me. And whilst your fingers are on John chapter 3, verse 8, I will also ask you to go to another scripture in a moment. And I will spit the scriptures out as the Holy Spirit draws them in my spirit. Verse 15, John chapter 21. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter... Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, can we say again? So it's not the first time, again. Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And this time, the Bible says Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? Peter felt he didn't trust him. He didn't believe him. And that was the scripture where Jesus, or rather, yeah, Jesus reconciled Peter back to himself after Peter had denied him. Three times. And do you wonder why Jesus had to ask Peter three times, do you love me? Because the same question was asked of Peter. Prove your love to the master. When Jesus was arrested, prove your love to the master. And he denied Jesus flat. Remember? Denied Jesus the first time. The second time. And the third time. Now Jesus is saying, hey, let's reconnect. Let's fix this thing. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? You know, some theologians use different words for do you love me? And they, they, they say it to mean, you know, do you agape me? Do you agape me the second time? And the third time, do you feel you me? I don't want to go into those theoretical, uh, theological debates, but I'd rather go by exactly what we've seen. Say, "Do you love me?" The first time he said, "Yes, Lord." You know that I love you. Was it like Jesus forgot, or oh, he wanted an affirmation? He wanted a confirmation. He wanted Peter to be sure about. What he is professing. That this time. It's not just about saying it. It's about doing it. And he says. Do you love me? And Peter said. Yes Lord. You know. I love you. And Jesus. I don't think Jesus doubted the fact that. Peter loved him. But don't forget the very first part. In verse 15, he said, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? And what are those these in your life that challenges the love that you have for God, for the Father? That it comes to some things, you, you choose what to believe and choose what to push aside. You choose what to obey and what not to. You choose what to stick to and what not to when it comes to God. And Jesus is saying, do you love me more than these? And right before then, we realize that Peter had been in the, in the sea with his friends, right? And trying to catch fishes. And they couldn't catch any until Jesus showed up and said, Guys, boys, have you caught anything? He said, No. So, all right then, cast your net on the other side. And you find it, and you you have a catch. And they did. And when they did, they, they started realizing that their net was breaking for the load of fishes. And Peter realized, Oh no, no, oh no, no, don't tell me it's Jesus. It's Jesus because he's the only one that can do these things. So Peter jumped in the water almost naked and ran to Jesus. And on getting to the, to the seashore, there Jesus was with bread. Or rather, he was there with fishes cooking. And these are the same fishes that they spent nights looking for fishes. But Jesus was not even in the water. He was at the shore cooking the fish they were looking for. And Jesus asked him, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than just the good times that you have? Do you love me more than just the food that I give you? Do you love me more than all the answered prayers? How about the unanswered prayers? Do you love me only when things are going well? Do you obey me? Do you commit to me? Do you fast to be closer to me only when things are terrible? Or do you fast to be closer to me just to worship me? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me? And Peter said, but you know, you know I love you. And don't forget, from last week, was, was it the week before, we heard about Peter being one of the three that were taken to the Mount of Transfiguration. when he beheld his glory. And do you know that glory did not stop Peter from betraying Jesus? From denying him? It didn't stop him. When it was time to deny him, he did flat. Jesus even changed his name. Right? From Simon to Cephas. To Peter, meaning the rock. That did not stop him from denying Jesus. And he's saying, do you love me more than these? Because if it's about the blessing of this world, that wouldn't stop you. Would that be sufficient? If it's about the expectations, the joys, And the fulfillment that you would have preferred, that you would have seen, that you would have loved, and you get all of that, would that be all about your commitment to me as God? As your Savior, as Jesus. And he's asking him again, and again, and again, and again. I need an experience from you that is much more than the physical. I need an experience from you that is just much more than what you feel, what you think, what what tickles your fancy I need more experience I need something I need something an experiential knowledge of the love that you have for me do you love me more than this Peter do you love me more than this do you love me more than this and this time he didn't call him Peter did you realize he called him Simon son of John and this time he's like let's get real let's get real Isaac come here sit down do you love me more than these. At times he calls you by your, by your real name, original name, so that you know, <laughs> this is serious. You know how dads, when you're nice, they call you mama, you know? But when you are terrible, when you've misbehaved, they'll call your full name. Maureen or come here. And you know they are serious. And I think that was one of those conversations. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? The first time he said, yes, you know I love you. He said, okay, then feed my sheep." Second time, do you love me? He said, yeah. This time it's not about feeding my sheep. It's about take care. You see, feeding and taking care, they are two different things. In other words, I'm not just asking you to feed them. I'm asking you to nourish them. To look after their well-being. Their well-being, emotional, physical, you know, everything. Everything. Look after them. Feed my sheep. Yeah, take care of my sheep. And the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He was hurt. How many of us here get hurt when your commitment is questioned? How many of you here get hurt when pastor asks you, why were you not in church? And it's probably just once in a blue moon that you were not in church and pastor is so upset that you're not in church. And they ask you, why, wh- where were you? Why were you not in church? You know, for some of you, Pastor would not ask you why we are not in church. Whenever they see you, they see you, and whenever we see you, we are happy. You know you are not a son yet. You know that it's true. You are not a child of the house yet. And even if you are a child of the house, you are a baby. So whenever you come through the doors, hey, praise God, He's landed today. And then when you don't show up, we we keep chasing you with text messages. We hope you are well. We are are careful not to annoy you through the text message. We are careful to ensure that the text message you send to you, if you sue us tomorrow, we'll say, yeah, there's nothing annoying in it. We're careful to communicate with you because you are not yet a child in the house. And this kind of question we can ask you, we can't even tell you why we're not here. We can't tell you why didn't you make the time for call time. We can't tell you. Do you know why? Because we're afraid of you. Mm. But there are some of you who will fight you when you miss five minutes of call time. Say, but service have not started. Uh huh. You were supposed to have been here. Because. To whom much is given, much is expected. Commitment is not something that you just take for granted and feel like, okay, when, when, it f- when you feel like it, you do it. And when you don't feel like it, you don't. Commitment is when, both when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it, you do it. You don't feel like it. they call you, you are smiling not because you want to. You are smiling because you have to. That smile is not from your tummy. That smile is only on your face and it's covering up all the hurt and feelings inside. And and pastor is still saying, keep smiling. Just leave it on your face. (laughs) And it's not because he doesn't care about your heart or about your soul or about where you are at. But he knows that this kind of treatment helps you grow stronger, better, and wiser. Because all of you, you are on a journey. You are on a journey. You are not stopping yet. This is not your end. In fact, you are just about to start. Very soon, You will be in the same position where you will be looking at other children and go, Hey, where were you? Do you know why? Because they will so commit to you because you've committed to someone else. And regardless of how much you you talk at them or yell at them or fight them, they will never leave. Do you know why? Because they are children of the house. They will not find a reason to be upset at you, they will not find a reason to be angry. That is not to say that they will not be angry, but whenever they get angry, they find out that to whom shall we go seeing that you've got words of eternal life. You see, that's exactly what the disciples told Jesus. The 72 left. 72 left to 12. 72 plus 12. How many? 84. Right? 84. Think about it. A church of 84 people. 72 left and left to 12. It felt like we are starting all over again from where we started. You know, at times it feels like that here, right? There are times we have church. The church is full. And then two Sundays later, we're still having Lily on the old face. Obin at the old face. You know, and Isaac becoming an old face. And very soon, Maury will be an old face. All right? Then it feels like we're back to the square one again. And you're feeling, what just happened? And then, pastor is saying, guys, a few people got upset by the message that I preached last week and left. How about you? Are you going to leave too? Because that was the same question Jesus asked the disciples. He said, hey, 72 left. Not quite sure so. what happened. Think about it. It's Jesus. Man, people came around this guy. He didn't even call them. They came around him. 1,500 people, 3,000 people, 5,000 people sit under his ministry. And he's coming through the city and some of them are climbing trees just to behold him. And yet, 72 of his church had the guts to leave. they left. And church came back to original 12. and Jesus asked them, "Are you not going to leave us well?" And Peter spoke up, Peter, God bless Peter." Peter spoke up and said, "To whom shall we go? Where, where would we go?" Seeing that you have the words of eternal life. Our, our life is sold out to your ministry. To whom shall we go? Our ministry is founded upon your ministry. To whom shall we go? When your ministry is done, we are out. To whom shall we go? Can you start to reason why Peter decided to go fishing because Jesus was dead? His ministry was over. Jesus appeared a few times and thought, oh, now, we are just reduced to seeing spirits only. Until Jesus came by again and said, hey, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? And I'm asking you the same question tonight. Are you committing to God? Are you committing to the transit church because of what you get out of it? Or are you committing because your ministry is founded upon the ministry that God has called us to do? Do you love me? Jesus is saying. and I'm asking you the same question. And if you do, he said, feed my sheep. In other words, there are people that have been put under you. What are you doing with them? When it comes to a place where we start to reshuffle people that have been put under you and putting them to other people, it means that you are not doing anything. It means that the time and the effort spent in training you at that point was wasted. Am I too hard? Don't let it be that people are reshuffled from under you and put under someone else. So that you don't get disgraced, they change your title. So that it doesn't seem like you've been demoted. Because the fact is, if you're not doing your job, and we'll find someone else who can do the same job, we'll change it. Because our commitment is not to you, it's to the work of the ministry. Oh God, that's not where I wanted to go. Almost sounds like leadership conference. Okay. Before I read the rest, because where I'm going is still there, but Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, what does it say? We have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. It is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time, what is it saying? Talk to me. So though by this time you ought to be teachers, You are supposed by this time, because of how much message you've heard, because of how much has been invested into you spiritually, by this time you ought to be teachers, yet you need someone to still teach you elementary truths. Basic truths, foundational truths of God's word all over again. He said, you need milk, not solid food. That's still what you want. Anyone and then when anyone who lives on milk, still being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. He says it's a babe. That's what King James version says. Anyone who still needs milk is a babe, baby. So he's not acquainted. He said, but solid food is for the mature. Say mature. Solid food is for the mature. Who by constant use, I love this part. Who by constant use of the word, who by constant use of the skills and abilities that have been invested into him, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. Verse 1, chapter 5, said, Therefore, let us Move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from Acts that leads to death and a faith in God. Instruction about cleansing, right? The laying on of hands, the righteousness of the dead and the eternal judgment, so on and so forth. He said God permitting us, we would like to teach you but we don't have that time. So in other words, don't keep taking us back again. You know what is not right, stop doing it. Straight to the point. You don't know how to stop doing it. Ask. Pray. God, I don't want to do this thing. Help me. Stop it. And at times it's not only just stupid things that we do in the secret. It's also about the state of our heart. The state of our heart. You ever catch yourself. Saying terrible things against your brother or your sister. You catch yourself saying that? Repent. A brother talks to you or a sister talks to you. Let's leave that. Your leader at church speaks to you. Hmm. What am I preaching tonight? All right. Your leader at church speaks to you and you completely ignore him. Or her. You're doing it to yourself. Because he's not your leader because he's older than you. Or because he has been in church for a very long time. He's your leader because he's been anointed by the Holy Spirit to lead you. You But he was just nominated. Yes. Do you think that nomination was was ordinary? It wasn't. It wasn't. The Bible says any leader that be. Any leader that be has been ordained by God. Any leader that be has been ordained by God. Anyone. So even if you think he's fake president, (laughs) that's your thought. But he's been ordained by God to be there. Whether or not you like him, Donald Trump has been ordained by God to be there for this season. The maximum he can be there is eight years. And he will be gone. But whilst he's there, he will do God's business. Are you still here? So let's leave, a, let's leave the American president and come back into the house. We all have leaders somewhere. You say, well, but we're small, you know, only one person is our leader. No, there are so, ma- so many of you that have been given responsibility. In that area, you are a leader. And to you, I say to Peter, hey, do you love me? And if you do, feed my sheep. Take care of my lamb. Don't let people that have been given you scatter. Don't let us ask you, how about this person? You say, I don't know. So if you don't know, who else is going to know? When that person is directly under you, who else are you asking to know? The person that you invited to church, where's that person? I, I don't know. Your job does not finish when you invite someone to church. Your job finishes when that person starts to invite another person. Are you still here? Because anyone you invite, hey, 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 anyone you invite to church becomes your spiritual son or daughter. Do you know that? Do you know that? It's true. Anyone that you invite to church, and let's go a bit deeper into it. Not just inviting them to church. Anyone that you lead to Christ becomes your spiritual son or daughter. How many spiritual sons or daughters have you got? Can I ask you? How many? How many? If you've not got any, you need to start. You need to start. Because Paul says they are your stars in heaven. All right? Did we hear what Hebrews chapter 5 and 6 said? All right. You ought to be teachers now. Verse 18. Or verse 17 again. Third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know all things. In other words, whether or not I love you, you know. Okay. You know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Verse 18. John chapter 21, verse 18. And for some of you, you're not going to understand this tonight. That's fine. John 21, verse 18. Can we all look up and read this with me? One, two, three, go. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. What are you talking about? Go back verse 18 again. Very truly, in other words, in fact, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself. And went where you wanted to go. When you were younger, you would determine, you know what? I want to go to church today. I don't want to go. It's it's raining. I don't want to go. Oh, I'm almost late. I'm not going. Or they didn't talk to me properly the last time I went. I'm not going. There There are some people that left church because someone else spoke to them and they didn't like it. And they left. And I thought, oh, wow. So you left. Because your God spoke to you and you didn't like it. and that, Because that becomes your God, right there. Because if it was God that you actually come here for, then someone cannot annoy you. You still stick to it and say, well, I'm not here because of you. I'm here because of God. But someone speaks to you, and then you feel like, I, I don't like the way they talk, talk in that church. And one person talking to you becomes that church. You're a baby. You've not grown. You're a baby. And he says, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted. You used to just determine, ah, this is what I'm going to do. Say, But now, when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will lead you. Hey, hey, listen. And you are not the one navigating. He said, no, they will lead you to where you don't want to go. Now you're looking at me say, so, so, uh, so what are you talking about? What does that mean? I'll tell you this. Jesus was talking about something. And before I tell you what that is, let's go to that John chapter 3, verse 8. John 3, 8. I'll read it quickly. John 3, 8. Oh, verse 5. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. He said, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Say to somebody, you must be born again. Don't say it to yourself, say it to someone. You must be born again. It is not you could be born again or you should be born again. No, you must. You must be born again. And verse 8, this is where I'm taking you to. The wind blows wherever it pleases. Right? You hear its sound and you cannot tell where it is coming from or where it's going. Says so, so it is with everyone. Ha. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Okay. So the wind blows wherever it wants to go. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. But it just blows. He so, says, so is everyone that is born of the spirit. In other words, the wind of the Holy Spirit just leads you even where you don't want to go. Just leads you. So when you say I give you all of me, give you all of me, saying, hey, it's not just about talking, it's about giving yourself. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. In other words, I no longer have a choice over this thing. I no longer have a saying over what you should do with me. I'm giving myself to you completely. Use me, take me, whatever you want to do. Am I going to ever get rich by doing this thing? I don't know, but I just give myself. So in other words, my expectation of being rich is thrown out the window the very moment I give myself away. My expectation of having all the great things of life becomes null and void because I've given myself away. And never forget that anyone who gives himself away gets everything back even much more. Right? I give myself away so you can use me. So back in verse 8. So the wind blows wherever it leads. You don't know where it's coming from, nor where it's going. So such is one that is born of the Spirit. So if you're born of the Spirit, hey, be ready to tread on grounds that you've never thought about. Are you still here? Be ready. Be ready. If you're born of the Spirit, if the Spirit is leading you, if you've given yourself to the Spirit, be ready to be called at 2 a.m. at night and say, Maureen, can you please make yourself, make your way to church? 2 a.m. You say, what? is that? And then while your mind is still saying, well, why would they call me? Your spirit is saying, come on, come on, get your shoes on. Are are you still here? That before your mind finishes to think about it, why would pastor be calling me to come to church at 2 a.m. at night? Your your body is already in your car driving. And then you'll be laughing at yourself and say, how stupid am I? How stupid? You see, it's good. Because then your, your mind is saying, I'm so stupid. See me. Come on. 2 a.m. I'm driving to church because one man called pastor just called me. I'm going anyway, but I'm going. And your spirit is driving. And you get here and you feel like, wow. And until you get here, your mind is not at rest. But immediately you walk and you go, wow. And at times, that wow is not because you feel satisfied. That wow is because at least... You have beaten your mind. You have defeated your mind. And at times, all you need to do is just to defeat your mind. Because the devil plays at the realm of the senses. He cannot play in your spirit. Do you know that? Because your spirit is filled with the Holy Spirit. Alright, so he, he does not have an entrance into your spirit, but he, he sits around your mind because your mind is affected by the things that you see, the things that you taste, the things that you smell, the things that you feel. You see all those five senses, that's what the devil plays with. You start to fast, then you know what it means, right? You start to see all the these signposts, a portal, McDonald's, you know, you see them when you are fasting, you, Right? But when you are not fasting, you don't see all these signposts. You are fasting, even pasta that you never used to eat feels palatable. You feel like you know having pasta. You are fasting. The day you are fasting is the day that they will buy burger at work, because the devil is after you. <laughs> He's after your mind. The very time you said to God, "God, I just want to be giving my tithe. that is when you get a call from Nigeria. Or from Uganda, wherever it is. See, your brother is in the hospital. And it comes through the area where you cannot deny. Say, hey, brother, hospital. Okay. Ah. And then your tight gets redirected. And what does the devil do? <laughs> yes. Did that. And all I ask you is. Plan to defeat your mind every time. Defeat your mind. Defeat your reasoning. By being lost to your spirit. Finally, back to chapter 21 again. Very truly I tell you, verse 18. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. In other words, hey, Peter, right now you can make up your decisions wherever you want to go. You can even decide, you know, I want to go to, uh, you know, go back to fishing, and you go. But I tell you, when the Holy Spirit comes, (laughs) and that's when you are old, right? Because it takes someone who is mature in the Spirit to receive the Holy Spirit and be able to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You see, because when you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will only tell you where to go, and you don't have a choice in it. You get it? You don't have a choice in it. How many of us still have a choice in what the Holy Spirit tells you? Oh, come on, be, be frank now. Come on. Come on. I still have a choice at times. I still do, I still do. At times she tells me, do a particular thing. I'm saying, oh, but God, it does not make sense right now. Because I've got this and I've got that and I've got that and I've got that. But when you leave yourself completely to the Holy Spirit, you don't have a choice in it. And that is not to say you cannot make a choice, but it's just to say that you sell your choice away. You give it up. You say, no, 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 I don't want this anymore. God, and you struggle. You fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. In other words, you are holding eternal life, from sleeping away. He's about to sleep, but you're laying hold on it, on eternal life. I don't want to let this go. It took me forever to get here. You know How many of you ever think that way? I don't want to let this go. It took me forever to grow. I don't want to let it go. It took me forever to, to get this understanding of the Spirit, to get this anointing of the Spirit. I don't want to let it go. I don't want to let it go. I don't want to let it go. By now, some of you should be laying hands on the sick and they recover. I don't want to let it go. I don't want to let it go. There are some things I pray about and it just happened. At times when I'm not praying, they still happen. I don't want to let that anointing go. No. No. And I always say to people, don't ever do something wrong to me because you're just putting yourself in trouble. Because you ever do it, I won't pray against you. But there's a spirit that's at work in me, and it's the Holy Spirit. He will come after you. He will come, he will chase you down, and it's not because he's chasing you down to hurt you; he's chasing you down through your own guilt until you give up. Hallelujah. Give yourself to the Holy Spirit. So, if you want to sing that song again, think about it. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away. My my heart is not my own anymore. To you I belong. I give myself to you. I give myself to you. And say it over and over again until it sinks into your mind. Until it sinks into your spirit. Until it sinks into your spirit. And take those verses home. Study them over and over again. Especially chapter 5 You know of Hebrews. So you ought to be teachers now. You ought to be eating solid food now. You ought to be eating solid food, not milk. You don't need to be begged to come to church. When it's raining, you should be still in the rain coming to church. Hey, right? Hey, you don't need to be begged. You don't need to be pleaded with. Please don't take an- another shift. You don't need to be pleaded with. You don't need to be pleaded with. Please, can you change your shift so that it does not coincide with service? You don't need to be pleaded with. Huh. Did that hit some of us today? probably did. You don't need to be pushed. Push yourself. Make that determination and say, God, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. That I left wherever I'm coming from does not mean I'm no longer in your sight.